Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. With me is Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com. On a victory Monday, Scott, to celebrate, sort of, and also analyze and talk about critically, which is what we do on this show, a Bucks victory, a 33-27 victory over the Buffalo Bills in overtime which kind of gave a lot of ammo to both sides of this thing, right? We were watching that first half thinking, man, this Victory Monday podcast is going to be like, the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. And then the second half happened, and it was like, yeah. I don't know where this team ranks, and we're still here to talk about it. Where are the Bucks ranking in the NFC? That's one of the things we're going to talk about on today's show. But yesterday's yes. game, it was hard to come out of that without just the total mix of emotions about where this team is at right now. Yeah, it's a game to really at everything. Um 24 to three in the first half for the Bucks. 24 to three in the second half for the Bills. Uh, the yin, the yang, the left and the right. I mean, it was just, uh, it was a crazy thing. But in the end, it was the fifth quarter was the one that mattered the most. That was the right. one where all the Bucks Hills got cured. They finally got up the field on defense, and they finally got their act together on offense. Uh, yeah. When it when it came to those two big third down conversions, including. The biggest third down conversion of all, the touchdown pass from Tom Brady to Brashad Perriman. Who's that guy? Who's Brashad yeah, Perriman? What? Has right. he played? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the snap count distributions today. We'll talk about a, a Bruce Arians decision that has been discussed amongst Bucks fans, and we'll give our thoughts about whether he made yeah. the right call or not. So there's lots to get to on today's show, obviously, as there always is on a Victory Monday or any Monday in season uh, because the content is flowing. <laughs> and if right. you check it out over at PeterReport.com, you'll see day. it is flowing so over there as well. Yeah, there are stories all over the site there. Also, you know what else is flowing for us on a Monday? Celsius Energy. Believe it. Oh, my gosh. It's You've needed this today, huh, Scott? I did need this in the worst way. Yes. Celsius I, Energy Drinks power active lives every day with essential functional energy. I got the sparkling strawberry guava you can see up on the screen there. You got a bunch of different flavors with Celsius, the, the wild berry. Oh, what do you got? The orange? Got the orange today. Yeah, there you go. No sugar in these, and yet you get the energy that you need without the crash you get from other energy drinks. Uh, Celsius, really just a cheat code. Burns body fat, accelerates metabolism. They're terrific stuff. You can check them out at Celsius.com. You can see that use the store locator, find out where they are near you, or you can go to pewterreport.com, click on those banner ads uh, and get yourself some Celsius. Use the Amazon subscribe and save, get some coming to you on the regular uh, with the Amazon subscribe and save option. Also, Scott, I got to also mention because they sustained me yesterday. I was, I mean, yes. when it's a four o'clock game, I don't usually eat that big of a meal for lunch. And then after it's so late, I don't usually eat a big meal after we're done with our shows and everything. So I just ate fast protein bars from Celsius uh, yesterday and the, the white chocolate uh, cookies and cream and the caramel peanut crunch was what I had yesterday. And it was outstanding. 20 grams of protein, only one gram of sugar in these. I mean, it's, it's great, ter terrific stuff from Celsius. Uh, these protein bars are truly the best that I've ever had. So make sure you check out fast protein bars as well. Um, especially if you're looking for a little extra protein in your life, they've been a game changer for myself and for my wife. We've loved them and yep. they've, they've helped. They've helped me cut off a few pounds. I'm about seven, eight pounds lighter. It could also be working in season. Yeah. But I'm about seven or eight <laughs> well, pounds lighter. The thing is, John, I mean, dare I say it's it's like healthy, fast food. I mean, yeah. it is, right? I mean, yeah. it's fast part. The cool thing is you can also get those in Amazon too. So right, for sure. For those. 
Yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, okay, let's let's jump into it and let's talk about the injuries first of all that we got because uh, there's an injury report a little bit today of an injury report from Bruce Arians um, yep. because he uh, kind of updated us a little bit and he said Jamel Dean is they're still kind of evaluating what's going on there. Which seems like, <laughs> yeah, he's had what a weird season. I mean, he's been great when he's been on the field. Shoulder. It's four impression. games this year. Has he gone out of? with some yeah. type of injury and last year there was one or two occasions like that as well yeah he just have a hard time but he's not missed any big chunk of time in his career with anything so right it has been very interesting um you know he this was he had a concussion last week but arian seemed really optimistic for a concussion on like right. the day after the game and it was kind of like did he have a concussion like you know obviously <laughs> went through the protocol but yeah the way i mean bruce has talked about a lot of concussions in the two years i've covered the bucks he's caught, talked to any most of the time he starts by saying it's tough to get somebody through the protocol but with dean it was like all on like right away like nah he should probably right. be available to play and i was just like whoa like this is a regular week and so i just i'm not sure what went on there but dean was pretty quickly out of the protocol and and then now he, there was like fogginess Aaron said in this game yeah. he wasn't feeling well was it sick or was it concussion not really sure but he is kind of in question and they're kind of going tanking him through some some processes and protocols right now and then giovanni bernard tom palacero actually reporting that he's going to miss some time um with an yes. mcl sprain it looked like it right injury, with him right kind of walking ever so gingerly off the yeah. field and then getting carted off to the locker room it's never good right. when you involve the card yeah for sure it, it didn't look great for giovanni bernard would guess he's going to miss the rest of the regular season at least. And then we'll just have to see about potential for him to return for playoffs. We'll just have to see. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping to conclusions there. They haven't even put him on injured reserve yet, but it seems to me like that maybe uh, that could be where we're headed. And he's with the $20 super chat hit pretty big on underdog fantasy. Just want to show my appreciation to Peter report staff for putting me on underdog. My bookie Celsius. Absolutely. He's we appreciate that. that. Yeah. yeah, putting putting uh, y'all under our sponsors. We honestly we use them too. Like oh, we use yeah. all those sponsors. So I mean, uh, like that's how much we believe. In them. Yesterday, yeah. prop bets on my book. <laughs> right, very yeah, happy were, today. And I was so right, pissed at myself because um, I yeah, in doing my game prep, I totally forgot to go to Underdog Fantasy. So I'm, I've got to do that because I, I did win some money there like a couple weeks ago, but. I hit it big on my bookie yesterday. This prop right, yeah, big time. Yeah, no question about it. They come up clutch for you for sure. Um, uh, yeah, let's get to some of the questions here too, because we those are really the only two injuries right now um, well, to be evaluated. Bruce Aarons also said he hasn't made any decision on Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards, um, so we'll see about that one uh, yep. when it comes around when their suspensions up in a week. Just me, Pooh Shimmy says, please, 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 Scott and John, can you explain the philosophy behind these incessant first down runs? Uh, don't say coverage when they still throw the ball in second and long and teams aren't playing favorable coverage. Uh, I Here's my just general thoughts on it, Scott, and I'll let you you know offer your thoughts. I don't think it necessarily that it's the worst thing that they run on any first down ever. I thought that in this game, outside of Lenny's 47-yard run, and they had a 21-yarder later in the game, but they didn't necessarily yeah. run the ball consistently well in this game. So right. I think that's important. I wouldn't like to run on a lot of first downs. I think they ran on nine in the second half of 13 it's not how I would have called it for sure. By itself, these things don't lose you the game, in my opinion, when it's you know that type of a split. I, I disagreed with the decision. It's not as egregious in my mind as other things could be from a play caller, unless it happens with regularity. Everything right. that I kind of analyze about a play call, like if I'm analyzing Byron Leftwich, I say what happens consistently for him, game after game after game, when he's coached a couple seasons, season after season, what's the story that his play calling tells? Predominantly, especially as time has gone on with Brady, he has been a pretty pass-heavy first-down play caller. 
you could say he should be more pass heavy first down play caller, but especially in the first half in that game, you know, it was, yeah. it was a lot of pass heavy. They had a huge lead. Remember 10 minutes left in the game. They had 17 point lead. Right. I understand it a little bit. You've run the football better in recent weeks. Bills have obviously struggled against the run some given the situation. I think right. that it was like, okay, we should be able to run the football a little bit better here. They didn't execute as well as they should have. Maybe you had some looks you liked and the block or two didn't hit or you know, Lenny missed a hole and it was there and it was a good call. I'm going to wait till I go through the tape and, and look at it. I don't like it as a philosophy. I don't think it's typically left, which is philosophy. So I think the, the right way to go about it to me is to be critical of him in this second half, but not to be critical of him as a overall play caller from this. Like I thought there were yeah. some moments he could have been better, but overall the body of work is good. Yeah. And I mean, to me, and, and what I wanted to see the Bucks do in this game was come out and, and throw the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, use play action a lot more than they did. I think that would have kept the bills off balance. And, and, um, and you know, we saw some of those run blitzes on first down, especially in the second half. And, um, and I thought the bills did a better job against the Bucks run game as, as the game went on. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the opposite for Tampa Bay. <laughs> They did not do a good job um, in slowing down the Bills' rushing attack, especially in the second half when they were averaging 9.1 yards per carry. They finished averaging 9.1 yards per carry. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, um, I, I guess, less predictability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe not more. I would say less predictable mm-hmm. runs in those situations. You know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's tempting, right? When you see when you see Leonard rip off a forty-seven yard touchdown run, and yeah, it's, it's not just, like this is the worst rushing team in the league anymore. Like, right? They yeah. actually can do something. So yeah. like, he did have one hundred nineteen yards. It was this a career high for Leonard? So I mean, he, you know, he had a pretty good game. So I, I understand wanting to go back to him. I understand looking at the situation where where the Bills, um did not do a good job stopping the Patriots, did not do a good job stopping the Colts. Both those teams can run the ball way better than Tampa Bay. The Bucs are, their forte is passing the ball. But um, I, I don't have as much issue with with the with the runs when they were called yesterday as I have in, in, in other games. Yeah, I really need to look at, I need to look at the plays in the All-22. I just started, I started going through the first quarter. That's it. I just got the tape before, two hours before we went live on here. So I haven't really gotten through much of it yet, but tonight I'll, I'll go through much of it. And I'll have a more informed answer probably if you ask me on Wednesday and Thursday on the show. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, we need to we be way better at taking the full scale into consideration. We can be critical of Leftwich or critical of a couple Brady throws in the second half or critical of some of these things while we take even the full body of work within a game into consideration, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I saw people in the chat in the second half, Brady missed a couple throws and it was kind of like, what, you know, what is Brady doing? Like he's going to lose this game, all this kind of stuff during the live stream. And I'm just, I just thinking in my head, like we can't, it was kind of like the Packers game last year and the championship was a perfect kind of story. This in the NFC championship, right? Brady was unreal yeah. in the first half play calling was not very good. He got him out of some right. tough spots in the early in the game and on third downs, third and longs. And then this game was kind of like uh, the uh, two, like first half was great. Second half, there were some struggles for everybody, but you know, Brady included. And I think that like, we forget about the good and overweigh the bad sometimes. And we do that with play callers too. You overreact. Yeah, like it's it's wait it's a minute. Silly Football to me. fans overreacting, especially on a Monday, <laughs> right? That's, but it's especially what, what negative. Kind of phenomenon right? is like, that? Yeah, but they especially overreact negatively. Like I, yeah. you know, even to a positive result in a game. Like I think, like 
I mean, I've just seen today, like people like just literally just thrashing Bruce Arians on Twitter, like for, and I don't think every, I don't agree with everything Bruce Arians does you know, yeah. a lot, but Bruce Arians is like, can we look at the sample size? Like this team is the best offense in the NFL. They're averaging <laughs> over 30 points per game. The only team in the league to do that. Like it's we're at the end of the season. Like this is, we're in the golden era of offense yeah. right now. Oh yeah. In, I, in I, I wrote about it today, John, this is as good as it gets. Like you like, better, right? you better enjoy Tom Brady, right? You better savor yeah. Brady. Soak him in because this is as good as, it, as it's going to get. Like th- right. This we, is the pinnacle. If you're bitching and complaining about this, um, I can rewind you to 2014 if you want to go there. Right. Like <laughs> we, we can do that. We can talk about sure. Josh McCown and Mike Glennon and Josh Freeman. And we, we can go to to past years. I covered mm-hmm. them all man, for, for the yeah. past 26. So I could, we, you know, my memory's not what it used to be, but I can whip out some media guides and we can go down that road. Yeah. If you want to appreciate Brady and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich a little bit more than, than maybe you do. So right. it's funny yeah. how quickly a Super Bowl can spoil people, but it, yeah. it's kind of maybe where we're at. But I also think that it's fair to criticize them. It's just not fair it's, to be yeah. like, this coaching staff sucks. Like that is just like crazy yes. to me. Like how in the world can yeah. we look at the body of work and say that I'm as critical of Todd Bowles as anybody, but like right. acting like he shouldn't be a defensive coordinator in the NFL is like yeah. just too far. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? John, like, I think you and I were there at Raymond James Stadium on the Super Bowl Sunday, right? When Patrick Mahomes was running for his life from the first whistle, right? I mean, yeah, we saw that. Yeah, like that, there is good was... and there is bad, and like there yeah. are strengths and there are weaknesses. And yeah, you, people have to understand every single. I mean, every team, every year, every fan base wants their play caller tarred and feathered. Like that's of course. Yeah, I mean, there's it's just everywhere, right. man. Like I see it with Sean McVay. I see it with Cal Shanahan. They want him fired. Sure. You know what I mean? Like and a lot of times this year, they want like, the backup quarterback. I mean, Lord knows I do. <laughs> you I mean, want the. <laughs> That's yeah. true too. You want a little Blaine Gabbard out I'm there? I'm going to get Blaine Gabbard in a couple of years, but I do want Brady to to linger as, hey, as they, long as he they wants. They should have had a Blaine Gabbard right. opportunity in this game, and they did. They should have. Yes. Honestly, why they and almost I'm, lost, maybe. But we're pissed about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. I, I'm not putting Tony Saylor up here to criticize him. Uh, I actually agree with him wholeheartedly. Ba is a clown if he cuts AB. That's not going to happen, folks. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. The only people I have heard. That and correct me if I'm wrong. If you disagree with me, say so in the chat. The only people clamoring for AB to get released by the Buccaneers are, I think, pro football talk, maybe, because they get really holier than thou sometimes in the Tampa Bay Times. That's it. Okay. And I hate to say it, but like the Times does not carry the same type of clout that it used to when it was the daily paper and daily papers ruled major cities. It's just that's not the case. Okay. I mean, you know, our, our web traffic is as high as it's ever been. We reach millions of Bucks fans per year. Millions mm. with an S. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I have not seen on our message boards, on our Twitter feed, anything, people clamoring for the Bucks to par ways with AB over this COVID flap. He got he got punished by the league three games. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. Bruce didn't want to talk about it today when asked. They're not going to cut him. They're not going to. He's right. going to stay in Tampa Bay, and John Romano can write all the, you know, what was me columns he wants about it for the Times that people won't read. But that's just a fact. Okay, he's not going anywhere. I'd be shocked if if he if he did. Maybe they have a change of heart if something else comes up. But as of right now, from what I'm hearing inside the building, uh, AB will be playing at Carolina on the 26th. So yeah, you can mark that. I agree down. with you. He's, and, he's getting healthy, and, and yeah. he's going to be back in, in red and pewter. 
my you know my perspective on it is basically that like <laughs> Antonio Brown had way worse things going on when <laughs> when they signed him. Oh, so yeah. like you know you made this bed like you gotta let you know what I mean and you yeah. re-signed him. So like look yeah. like this is your decision. Like I don't think you know again from a, if we're talking from a moral perspective that's a different story. You know what I think is morally yeah. right. It's a different conversation. It's a different story. Yeah. I, I definitely think what AB did was completely wrong. What Mike Edwards did was completely wrong. It was you know deserving of punishment. They got punished. Um, you know, if you don't trust him moving forward, you knew what the kind of guy you were bringing in, you knew you weren't going to be able to trust him. Right. Like you knew that's what the situation was. Yeah. So folks, yeah, he's a hired gun. AB is a mercenary. Okay. Like, like if you, if you want a good guy for the community, they got some Mike Evans, Chris Godwin in that room, two of the yeah. best high character community guys you could possibly want. Okay. That's not AB. That's not why they signed him. They didn't sign AB to start a foundation here in Tampa and do charity work. They signed him to catch passes and win games. He's a mm -hmm. hired gun. That's it. And I won't and be that critical if they do get rid of him, to be honest, but sure. I would just, but they're not going to a and B, yeah. B logically. Like, it's just like, okay, well you didn't, you knew what you were signing up for before with him. And, and now you're, you know, saying you had enough. It just, anyway, it's regardless of what I think it's not going to happen. Um, you know, he'll be back eventually with this team. Yeah. Um, we have more good questions here though. Uh, somebody asked if Evans was sick on the sideline. I, I didn't see this. Evans played like ninety three yeah. percent of the snaps, so I, yeah, I don't think Evans was sick. Um, uh, Shaggy mentions Gio being an amazing in pass protection. Now, if Giovanni Bernard does miss some time, yeah. Scott, he, he didn't step up and, and make some good plays in pass protection. I will say he 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 made a good block on Matt Milano in pass protection, then kind of slid off the block, or he thought Brady was in a different spot in the pocket. He said some weird pass pro reps this year, but do yeah. you see a? Big difference. I mean, if Giovanni Bernard is going to miss some time, to me, it just feels like Leonard Fournette is. I mean, he's played eighty plus percent of the snaps three straight games, and yeah, yeah, I don't I, see a big difference. Ronald Jones will get a few yeah, more snaps, and Keyshawn Vaughn will get real, like four snaps. I mean, if I'm being real, I, I had higher expectations for Giovanni Bernard's playing time this year. I think yeah, you did too did. after watching the training yeah. camp. Yeah, um, that's more. I think the Bucks to, did. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Fournette just that's took more it. credit to Leonard Fournette than yeah. it is a knock on Giovanni Bernard. But if I'm being honest, um, I, I, yeah, more Lenny, less Geo, fine with me. I think the only the only way I would miss Geo would be if Leonard got hurt. To be honest, yeah, I would like to see Geo play more. To be honest, I still feel like, especially as a pure runner, to be honest, um, yeah, I would say the same thing about Ronald Jones. I would love for the carries to be shared more evenly between them. But the problem is they don't they don't see geo that way but i wish geo would get those opportunities because he can catch in the and the problem is with ronald jones you don't want to play him too much because he'll kill you in the passing game and you don't want to yeah. become predictable when he's on sure. the field by the way i looked this up today because i saw some people talking about it with geo out they think if jones plays more the bucks will become more predictable when he's on the field ronald jones has actually been on the field this year for 71 pass plays and 70 run plays so he's been basically mm -hmm. completely split this year so has not been any type of indicator in most games if you look he's about 50 fit like half his snaps or pass plays right each game half of them are runs they just and don't so throw it's him. not yeah they don't throw to him and also by the way this is funny he's pass protected one time in well zero times since week eight yeah. zero times they have not put him into pass protect at all since week eight <laughs> one time in week eight i think like I think it's been twice since like week four, like that he's pass protected. So they I'm, just I'm not trying to fire shots today. I'm really not, but 
But it, does that mean essentially that if he's not going to pass protect and Tom Brady's not going to throw the ball to him, that they're playing with 10 players on those given plays? It, it doesn't because he technically like his route is used for control of zone players still. Like okay, he's yeah, yeah, like, if he yeah. runs to the flat, he has to pull yeah, up a so corner. He, if he, he runs to a wheel, ball, he's a clear out for somebody. Exactly right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that, but you're right. They're probably not going to throw to him either. So yeah. <laughs> here's the way the Giovanni Bernard situation could hurt. If Ron, more Ronald Jones and more Keyshawn Vaughn, means more drops or more fumbles from the running back position. That's the way that it could hurt. I, yeah. I, people think I'm joking, but Keyshawn Vaughn touched the ball like tw- 30 times last year, maybe 25 times and fumbled three of them and dropped five of them. Or it's something not a good like ratio, that. right? It was really saying? bad. So I'm just saying, <laughs> like, let's just not say that it's yeah. not going to happen either. Um, Ooh, here's hey, a question. Hey. Oh, go okay. ahead. You, you um, want to talk about the su- subscribing here, right? Yeah, I do. I want to mention the subscribe. You guys have been fantastic. We have really noticed a huge increase in our YouTube subscriber base. So thank you so much for that. And we're getting a lot more viewers to our videos all because of you. It's, I mean, it's kind of what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're producing good content, but it's really you guys hitting the like button. When you do that, it bumps up our algorithm. When you subscribe, it, it helps us out. And all we want to do is just attract more Buccaneer fans to, to fill them with the entertainment and education about uh, the Bucks football team that we all like to cover. And so yeah. thank you. So all hit that much. like button, subscribe, the hitting that like button when you're in the chat here uh, helps us out a ton. So hit that like button and uh, uh, helps bump our YouTube SEO. We had terrific numbers yesterday in the shows and we've just appreciated all season long. Y'all have been great. And we've got some awesome stuff in store for draft season. If you're yeah. a draft fan and you're in here, uh, you like the all 22 videos we're doing. We're yep. going to have some awesome breakdowns Ooh. in store for draft season. Speaking of awesome, well. it's Monday, and it's like 422 right now, so I'm a little behind. We're going to do roll call, so we want to hear where you are watching or listening mm-hmm. this uh, Peter Report podcast, this Victory Monday podcast, mm-hmm. where you're at. So John's going to talk some Bucks football, yeah. and I'm going to be popping up people's locations. Go for it yeah. for the next Go ahead. Right, go ahead and drop your location in the chat. Let us know where you are from around the world. John brings up a good question here. What is the reply to Bills fans who argue they got no calls and post the screenshots of Davis <laughs> grabbing digs? Yeah, this is uh, – wow. I am going to be honest. I did not see this one coming. Like, out of the game, I did not think of the refs as, like, a major storyline. There were missed calls on both sides. I noted them throughout the game on the live in-game stream. You know, I I said and I didn't think that the pass interference on Mike Evans was a good call at all. I thought that was just an underthrown ball. And I know he's trying to get a flag there and he gets one. I just think we need and and it is consistent with how they call it. I just wish they wouldn't call it that way. I don't think it's pass interference. Um, So, yeah, I didn't think that was a good call on the flip side. I thought on that play action where they wheeled Brady out and he threw kind of on the move to Chris Godwin. You know, Chris Godwin gets grabbed around the waist because the defender realizes that he's beat and I'll post the play, the all 22 shot of it and everybody can see it. And there's no call. That's a huge chunk play down the field that almost certainly hits because Godwin almost caught it anyway. If that flag, if that doesn't happen, that infraction. So it gets frustrating from that regard because you see it on both sides. You know, again, I'll go back to Gronkowski down the right sideline. Brady threw him a vertical ball in the fourth quarter. Um, they were down near their own end zone. I think their own 10 or something. And Gronk almost caught it, but I thought he was pretty clearly interfered with more egregiously than the call that was made in the first half on a, on a 50-50 ball for Gronk. So there's just no consistency in officiating. It's bad across the board, but it's bad for both teams. Lastly, I don't think either Carlton Davis penalty or uh, screenshot that is going around the internet right now. First of all, if you make a determination on what's a penalty and what's not based on a still image, 
yeah. you're an idiot. Like <laughs> I'm just saying it. Like there's just like yeah. you're literally just you either are an idiot or you're just looking for attention from what you're posting. And this picture happens to look good. I mean, there's one of Carlton Davis. Like, yeah, his like Diggs jersey is pulling right. when Carlton Davis, but it's after Diggs full extension pushes him on a fade pattern near the end zone. So like it was both yeah. ways. They no called it as the right decision. And same early in the game, you saw one with uh, still with Davis holding on to Diggs Jersey. But what it doesn't show you is in the same clip before that Diggs is full extension shoving away. Right. Um, Carl Davis. So you are yeah. getting selective. Both. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's selective. I'm not saying it should have been called offensive pass interference. I'm just saying right. if just don't call anything in those situations, they didn't, yeah, yep. that's how they chose to call it, and it was that kind of game. Uh, Joey yeah. says after listening, it, it, to, oh, go ahead. No, I, I, you read the comment. I agree. Uh, Joey said after listening to John call the game-winning touchdown, perhaps he can call the Bucks games in the future. I need to go back and listen to that. That's good stuff. It was, Thanks, it was, Joey, I, I get to watch that. Hey, it was that's an good. exciting play. It was. It was yeah. an exciting play. It was an exciting moment in the game, especially. It just kind of had the feeling of a game that was going to get away from them. And this it actually is a good question for us to kind of transition there is by the way appreciate everybody putting up their locations that was yeah that was fun it's always pretty cool to see there's people we'll do it again next monday place. roll call yeah for sure but scott i i have no clue what to think of this bucks team like they are so inconsistent <laughs> yeah every game that they play they leave points on the field they leave opportunities on the field but they are 10 and 3 and this is a year of flawed teams i don't know if they're as good as the packers we're going to talk about the, the them in the state of the nfc right now one yep. thing i will say about them is I think that this game has shown me that like even when they like go through a slumping couple quarters or missed opportunities, they don't let things unravel on them and right. they keep it together and they find ways to win football games. Aaron said it after the game, like our guys know how to win. Sometimes that can be thrown around as a cliche, but I definitely yeah. think there's something to it. And this seems come a long way from games like they had last year where they were close in a lot of games, the Rams game and the even the Saints game beginning of the year, the Bears game, right. the Rams game, the Chiefs game, and they couldn't win those games. And they were kind of like anybody's game at the end of at the end of it, and they couldn't win those games. Yeah. Um, and this one I felt like this was a reminder to me that this team has matured to the point where like they can find ways to win games yeah. even if they don't play their best. Speaking of reminder, uh Vortex, uh, bad officiating arguably cost us the, the Saints game. And uh, Brian Shaw refs definitely cost the Bucks the Saints game. Matter of fact, this is kind of like a um, a running theme dating back to 2019, I think. The Bucks Saints games are some of the most horribly officiated games against Tampa Bay and for the Saints. This is not just the the three personal foul Devin White incident that, that occurred this past game. If you type in two point conversion like Bucks Saints. For, for my mm -hmm. post-game column, I've written about how the officiating is just awful in these games. So I don't yeah, know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. I, I'm expecting the Bucks to win, right? I mean, this is not the Saints team that that has won the NFC South the last, what, four years now. It's the, it's the Bucks' turn. They're going to win the NFC South. I think they're going to do it Sunday by beating the Saints. Mm -hmm. But how much help are the refs going to give New Orleans in the process? Right. That's what I want to know, because because these games, for whatever reason, have just been so unfairly mm -hmm. officiated. Yeah. And I'm going to you know, I think that's something we need to kind of ask Bruce Arians this week is is out of all of the games the Buccaneers play. Over the past, what, almost three years that Bruce has been here, right. those Saints games stick out like a sore thumb against the right. Buccaneers. 
And it's funny because, you know, this goes kind of goes to what we're saying, you know, and I don't think you're trying to say that it's, you know, conspiratorial or anything like that. It's just very no, random. I'm, and I'm, look I'm at the Saints. I'm not that out, John. I'm not that out. <laughs> look at the Saints in the playoffs, though, against the Rams. I mean, that's the most egregious call of the last, yes. missed call of the last decade and screwed them out of what I believe, you know, even the most diehard Bucks fan could probably say that the Saints should have won that game against the Rams and yeah. probably would have won the Super Bowl against the sure. Patriots that year. And so, you know, it, right. And, and that officiating is just didn't so Didn't you have the next year uh, in New Orleans, the Vikings game, the Vikings where there's the push-off? Right? Yeah, the push-off. Kyle yeah, Rudolph. Right. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You know, that was even less egregious, but still obvious in my opinion, you know, so the Saints have been screwed too. So it just... You know, the Bucks going into this game, this is where it really gets crazy for me. Is people love to say this, and there's just no validity to it at all. But people love to say, "Oh, the the NFL and Brady." First of all, how did the NFL that like also gets accused of screwing Brady over with Deflategate and suspending him four games when there was no evidence that he should be suspended just to screw him over and send a message? How are they also on Brady's side and like trying to give him calls and crucial? Mo- that logic is just yeah. totally lost on me. But second, this is a team in the Bucks that are penal. I mean, they have received, they have benefited from less penalties going into that game than any other team in the NFL. They were 32nd in pen- penalties that they benefited from this season, 31st in penalty yards that they benefited from, and now they're 31st in both, I believe, uh, coming right. out of this game. So, they, I mean, there was going to be regression to the mean, whether it happened all one game or another game. Yeah. I would argue it didn't even happen that egregiously in this game. But eventually you're going to get that in the NFL. You know, it wasn't going to keep right. going that way, as I indicated around midseason a couple times in a couple shows. But, yeah, there's just no logic to the arguments against the, like, the officiating thing with the Bucs. I agree. Just, there is uh, there is logic to what Dara O'Brien did, which was give us a great super chat. We appreciate that. People hate success. Brady is better than any franchise and hopefully into another Super Bowl this year. It's always a good sign when other fans don't like you. That's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I wrote about him in my SR's Fab Five. And I don't have the column pulled up, otherwise I'd give you the exact statistics. But Brady's got something like 240 regular season wins. I think it's 274 when you add in the postseason success he's had. And I, I think the Bucks franchise is like 288 total wins mm-hmm. as a franchise. Yeah. Okay. Like Tom Brady has almost won as many games between his little time in Tampa and the mm. 20 years in New England as the entire Bucks franchise have in, in, in over four decades of football. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. stunning. <laughs> it's nuts. But a couple of good comments. John asks, you know, another good question. Would you say the Packers and Cardinals have better coaching staffs than the Bucks? And this is where it gets tricky because every scheme is different and has different strengths and weaknesses. You know, if I've seen people that I really trust, I think Matt LaFleur is an incredible play caller. Yeah. I've seen people that I really trust criticize the Packers offense at times, you know, for being, sure. for not having enough variance to what they do and, and, and not having, and getting falling in love with the same things. And also, I don't know. Packer I think fans about their defensive coordinator right now, Joe Barry. <laughs> yeah. I think you're depending on the response between LaFleur <laughs> and Barry on that same coaching staff. Yeah, depending on the day with with Packers fans and, you know, and and media analysts, too, you know, on a lot of this stuff, um, you know, I think that there's just mixed feelings. Same with Kingsbury. I mean, this year it's been good so far, but before this, he got tons of criticism. He never moved DeAndre Hopkins around. He kept him in the same spot. They threw a million wide receiver screens every game and they didn't threaten teams with enough concepts. Everything they they had like four plays and they just made them all look different. And, you know, they still don't have many plays. And they also when they lose. That's the criticism. Like they only had this many plays. They make them look different because they line up in a million different formations. But the Cardinals only have like they only have like a few handful of concepts that they use. So, right. it, you know, it's everybody can get exposed for a game or a period of time. 
um, or a half or something like that. Every play call in the league. I mean, Andy Reid's out here. We're in week 15, and he's trying to find his way, man. The only team he can score on is the Raiders. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And he's one of the greatest of all time. So when I say that this thing is hard to do for for consistently year after year, that's where I think you have to look at Arians and give him more respect. I mean, his system – has wherever he's gone, although there are there are drawbacks to it, and we've talked about it when Brady was coming in, sacks and the turnovers mm-hmm. that his system can tend to lend itself to, which Brady has obviously dramatically diminished with his play, which is why I said right. it might not be the quarterback people think Arians wants, but it's the quarterback he needs when they sign Brady. It was yep. the perfect marriage in my mind in that way. That is that is the negatives, but the positives are if you look at Bruce Arians' offenses, wherever he's been, St- Pittsburgh or Arizona or Indianapolis when he was there, and now Tampa Bay. Even- They've all gotten better. They've all put up points. They've all gotten yards. That's a huge part of it. When you can do that consistently, (laughs) that's a big, big deal. Usually that's what teams want when they are hiring an offensive coordinator, right? That's like, what can you do to boost our scoring, right? Because usually usually when you score more points, you win. I mean, that's it's not always the case, but it kind of helps. What else helps is alien binary with the 100 Swedish Kronar super chat. So we appreciate that. Did you look that up? I would not have known that. I don't know what SEK means, John. <laughs> Shit, man. I, was, I <laughs> still don't know I am what that is. Some currency expert? Absolutely not, man. I, <laughs> I know a little bit about Buccaneer football, and that's about it, man. That rolled but, right off your tongue. I I was surprised yeah, there. I mean, you know, it, you, know, you got to fake it till you make it sometimes. Yeah, but yes, we do appreciate that. And it was so fun seeing uh, all of the Floridians in, in our roll call today, all of the people around the, the country, including my. Hometown Overland Park, Kansas, Buccaneer Bruce. That was fun to see. Appreciate you always being in there. And also around the world, Canada, Australia, uh, Sweden, Scotland, England. So and sorry for you. I, I think Brazil was in there too. There's a lot of people around the globe watching the Peter Report podcast, and we thank all of you. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I want to just throw out here too, and Scott, you could probably back me up on this, but if anybody in the chat that's watching the show today typically is on the spends a lot of time on our message boards on peterreport.com and and just is pretty active on there and has been for a while and kind of knows the lay of land on there if you could just uh shoot me an email at john at peter j-o-n at peterreport.com shoot me an email and let me know if you're interested in maybe doing some moderation over there things like that um because i'd love to chat with you about that and and see if we if there are people who are active on the peter report message boards at all to definitely hit me up j-o-n at peterreport.com dot com uh that would be a conversation i'd love to have with keith when you go kansas i'm very familiar with that i'm wearing my, my k-state yeah. shirt today so it's right around the corner from me nice. that's great um there's a couple of good questions i wanted to get to in the chat but yeah. first scott i gotta we gotta take a second to remind people about spotify green room because this is getting the time of the year where playoffs are around the corner and it's a great place to go whether honestly it doesn't even have to be about sports if you're into music sports culture live any of it you can download Spotify Greenham on the App Store, get it on Google Play, follow Pewter Report on there, and you can get notified when we go live on there as well. But lots of other great places, where chat rooms that you can jump into. You can take the mic. You can ask questions. I'm a big NBA fan, so sometimes I love when they do the NBA ones in there, and I can go in and I can ask questions or take the mic and give my thoughts as well. So uh, definitely check out Spotify Greenroom. You can talk music, sports, and culture live on there. Get it on Google Play or download it on the App Store as well. Scott, um, there were a couple of good questions in here, and one of them related to Leftwich's future. Uh, Hizo asked, do we think mm-hmm. 
Leftwich is gone next season. He probably makes a good head coach one day, but for his sake, I hope he doesn't bolt for the Jags after Urban is toast. <laughs> this is interesting. Like the whole it thing is. with Leftwich is going to be interesting and with Bowles. Yeah. But the Jaguars, obviously, you know, he played there. So there's the connection there um, right. in some ways. But Trevor Lawrence, you know, that's a prospect that a lot of people would want to work with and want to get their hands yeah. on and kind of step into a situation like that. At the same time, Jacksonville's kind of a train wreck. I do think Urban's going to get fired. He's a clown. Yeah, but I do too. I, I wonder what the situation, like, how much interest do you think Leftwich legitimately gets? And how do you think the league is going to see him? I mean, the Bucs are near the top of the league at the end of the season. They face the Panthers twice and the Jets once to finish the season. So I think yeah. their rank is probably going to be pretty good. Will they be able to distinguish him from Brady and from Arians? Or is he too close to too many, you know, elites, you know, long time elites yeah. in the NFL to That's a great be question. considered head coach? I, I love the, the way you phrased that because there's a lot of layers to this. I'll just yeah. kind of be real succinct in this. The Buccaneers themselves, and they're the closest to the action, they know that Bruce Arians is not going to coach forever, mm-hmm. right? If something were to happen to Bruce today, and let's hope that's not the case, let's hope Bruce, knocking on wood, retires on his own volition several years from now with several Super Bowls in hand, right? But when that day comes, uh, the person on the staff right now that the Buccaneers would want to assume the head coaching duties and be that heir apparent is Todd Bowles. It's not Byron Leftwich. Yeah. I mean, head okay. coach, it, it's a lot more responsibility than just whether Correct. you're a good coordinator or not. So. Correct. So I'm just saying that's the choice here. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians would love to see Byron get a head coaching job, right? He thinks the world of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are lockstep in giving Byron the praise for the play calling duties, right? This is not 2019 where Byron's getting his yep. feet wet and working with James Winston. This is year three now where he is calling the shots and Bruce is more hands off than ever. And that's by design folks. I mean, he is, he's letting Byron run the show and obviously he's very happy as John uh, points out. I mean, this is a Super Bowl champion team that was top three scoring last year and is the number one scoring team this year. So what's, mm. what's there not to like uh, having said that, and I'm not making a comparison here uh, other than just pointing out the fact that, that the guy that's kind of been, promoted by the media so heavily, uh, beating everybody over the, the head with it on Twitter and, and NFL Network and whatever is Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Eric mm-hmm. Bieniemy. He has not gotten a head coaching job for a reason. I don't know what that reason is, okay? But given the Chiefs' success, if Eric Bieniemy was all that, and listen, there have been some really bad coaching hires, really bad. Urban Meyer is one of them, okay? <laughs> um, you can do a lot worse than oh, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. But there's something about the enemy in NFL circles that is not getting this guy the interviews. Okay. And are you, is there a tie to Leftwich in that or? I'm just, I'm 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 just saying Byron Leftwich did not get any play last year whatsoever. Oh, yeah. And he deserved it. That was only his second year as a coordinator. Correct. It's going to be interesting to see this year how much play Byron Leftwich gets. He's he's a very likable guy. He's got he's got a very good personality. He's very charismatic. Um, he is not very good with the media in terms of giving us meaningful <laughs> answers. Good, I'm just being he's honest. He's as good as he wants to be. He's as good as he wants to be. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the, you ask the question, and you know, not you, but we ask the question, yeah. and the answer that we're given leaves us scratching our heads. It just doesn't he's intentionally yeah he's. He, he doesn't try to shed any light on things, that's for sure. No. He, yeah, he's um, very different from Arians in that way. Right. 
So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't think to see he's gone. I think he he's back. I don't. I think I do he's too. back. There probably will be a worse hire next coaching cycle than he yes. would be. But correct. It's also impossible to say. Uh, there's so many traits to being a head coach that you'll yes. never see as an offensive coordinator. You just correct. never will. So there's no way for us to know whether it'll be good or not. You know. So you know that I know you didn't ask that. He's. I'm just saying like that plays a part yeah. of thing. I don't even go out on a limb and, and guess anymore because it's just there's no point in it at all. Yeah. Um, and, so, and and listen, you're right. The, the thing is is. Um, I, I think the number one thing is when you're hiring a head coach and you're an owner, like the first question out of your mouth better be who's going to be on your staff because mm -hmm. head coaches don't win games. Head coaches don't turn around franchises. It's the staff. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just Tony Dungy folks. It was Monty Kiffin. It was yeah. Rod Marinelli. It was Lovey Smith. It was Herm Edwards, right? I mean, uh, it was Clyde Christensen. You're talking mm -hmm. about an amazing staff. I mean, the, the three best staffs in Tampa since I've covered this team, without question, mm -hmm. Tony Dungy's staff, John Gruden's staff, and Bruce Arian's staff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. There have been some fantastic coaches on some really bad staffs before, right? Um, right. Uh, P.J. Fleck was the wide receivers coach under, under Greg Schiano. He's the head coach at University of Minnesota. One of the best position coaches I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Problem is the Bucks only had one of them. Shannon only had one of those guys. He mm. needed about ten more <laughs> under right. the positions, and it's just it was so deficient. So I, th I think head coaches are only as good as their staffs. Yeah, and I, I, think, I don't know. I don't know who would, who left which would would bring yeah, to, it would to be, the table. Right, it would be hard because this whole group's been with Arians for forever, and so right. left which may want to ride this thing out and see you know how go until Arians retires. And then you know, we'll see. I don't know. It's, it's, it's worth asking. It's a good question. It's just very good. Question. Hard to know yeah. the answer uh, right now at this point in time. Um, you know what else is a good question? What should we, you get people in your life that you love for Christmas gifts? Everybody's asking it right now. And I'm telling you the answer can be found at livinggolflife.com. You can check out their, if you, especially if you know somebody who loves golf or you love golf oh, yeah. and you want to ask for this for a present, you can check out their polos, super comfy. Their hats are unbelievable. They've got a bunch of different uh, new uh, products coming out as well. Um, they've got glasses, koozies, all kinds of stuff. You can check out their products at livinggolflife.com. You can follow them on Instagram at livinggolflife on Instagram. You saw people in the chat. We don't lead you astray with these things. Living golf life, they're the real deal. Matt wears them. I wear them. I mean, we, I'm telling you, we, we, we represent because it's really good products. Um, and so great opportunity to check out livinggolflife.com and support another sponsor of pewterreport.com. If you or somebody, you know, are looking for some gifts this Christmas season. Yep. Scott, we got a bunch of good questions in the chat, so it has turned into mostly questions here, but I yep. want to shift gears a little bit and just ask you a yeah, question. Like about a blank. Yeah. yeah, we're at the point in the season and, and, and the point in this show, especially where we've got to start looking at the rest of the NFC, right? The playoffs are right. in hand. The NFC South is whatever happens next week or whenever it happens, as Aaron said. I like that answer yeah, by Aaron, by the way. They asked somebody, he was like, we're going to clinch eventually. It we're don't matter, right? The NFC South this year. Right. There's Jeez. nothing you can do about no it. No doubt about it. Um, it's ours. So, I, I just wonder, looking at that and looking at the way that I feel like the Bucs should finish up the season, where where does this team rank um, right now in the NFC? You know, are they are they the best team in the NFC? I feel like I've watched a lot of the other four best yeah. teams in the NFC and kind of have a good idea of where they're all at. And just wonder what you think as we get uh, ready for. Well, I guess we got to finish off. We got Rams, yeah. Cardinals tonight. Yeah. Although the Rams are and without a lot of people. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just in, in case you're at work or just tuning in, the Rams are going to be without uh, Havenstein, their their right tackle. Henderson, their starting running back, Ramsey, their top flight Pro Bowl corner, mm -hmm. and Higby, their tight end. So that's yep. four big time starters 
that are out on the COVID list that will not be in tonight's game against the Cardinals. And really, the Rams need this game because the Cardinals have already beat them this year. So I think that the Cardinals are kind of in cruise control if they win this game in their division. It's really tough, John, because I think in a vacuum, I think individually the Buccaneers are as good as any team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think the Buccaneers can beat the Packers. They did it twice sure. last year. I, I mm-hmm. even even up in Green Bay, I think they can do it. I I I don't think the Rams are a good matchup. Now maybe without mm-hmm. having Robert Woods, I I just think that that the Rams have dominated the Buccaneers. The Bucks' pass rush has not been able to get home against either Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford. Now, the Stafford we're seeing has kind of regressed to that Lions Stafford. We'll see how mm-hmm. he plays tonight. But but I, I, I don't like the trench ba- uh, battle, the trench matchup between the Rams and the Bucks. I think that's really been the key in, in the Rams' back-to-back wins in 2020 and 2021. Um, I'm curious about the Cardinals' matchup with the Buccaneers for one big reason. If you remember 2019, Kyler Murray's rookie season, the Bucs won a nail-biter against the Cardinals. Here is a much different, younger Cardinals team than the one that's asserted itself. But that game mm. came down to the wire. Jamil Dean got an interception in that game at, at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. But John, this team's struggled against running quarterbacks. When, and I don't mean scrambling quarterbacks. I mean running quarterbacks. Designed quarterback run game. We saw that yesterday last night with Josh Allen running for a hundred yards and a touchdown. And and that was a big deal. We saw that back in Philadelphia, as you mentioned um, with Jalen hurts, especially in the red zone with a couple of right. touchdowns. We're going to see it this Sunday with Taysom Hill. And I asked Bruce Aarons that question today, uh, Josh Allen, uh, it, it, it's it's got Sean Payton and Taysom Hill. I'm sure salivating a little bit, seeing what mm-hmm. they could do, um, and running a certain way. And John, I'll let you talk about that in, in a second about why that 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 run game was so successful. Um, but when you have Kyler Murray, and he's he's different. He's not a big 240 pounds bulldozer like a Taysom Hill or where Josh Allen is. He's more of that Jalen Hurts type, but even quicker and faster. That's what scares me about a potential Cardinals Bucks matchup. So I think the Bucks, mm-hmm. to answer your question, I think they're they're the best team, but I don't necessarily like them playing in Arizona in a playoff game, maybe mm-hmm. the NFC Championship game. I don't like them playing at LA in an in an NFC Championship game. I like the game here, but I, I think that the Rams or the Cardinals could be the Bucks kryptonite. One interesting thing to note is that if the Cardinals beat the Rams tonight, it will move the Cardinals. Right now, the Cardinals have a 97% chance to win the division already. So they already have yep. this thing pretty comfortable. That right. will basically lock them in, I think, for the NFC. I mean, it would be impossible for them to lose the, the, the division, I think, if they win tonight. So one the thing that will mean is that the Cardinals will likely get the one seed or will be in the conversation for the one seed at least. Uh, they'll have a pretty good advantage for it. But one thing that it'll mean, Scott, is that it will be unlikely for the Bucs to play the Rams in the first round unless the Bucs fall to the four seed, which would probably require some collapsing because even if they have the same record as the Cowboys and have one more loss, yeah. you know, they'd have they have the tiebreaker. So right. it would they would basically have to lose two more games the rest of the way, which would be disastrous, obviously. But that would be in a four seed. The Rams seem destined to be the five seed. Right now, although with some of their injuries, the 49ers, I guess, could conceivably catch them. But most likely, it looks like the Rams are going to be the five seed and the Bucs aren't going to be the four seed. They might be three, two, or one. 
So they probably avoid the Rams in the first round. And the Rams could get the Packers in the first round or could get yeah. um or could get Dallas in the first round, something like that, right. which would be ideal for the Bucs. So whether they finish one or three, if they can finish somewhere in that range, that mm-hmm. might be good for them. And then, you know, if, if you're three, you're playing what the, 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 right. Am I thinking of this right? Right. Four and f- am I thinking of this right for the playoffs? Two plays uh, seven, right? Yeah. Two plays yes, seven, two plays three plays six. So right. six would be San Francisco right now. So Tampa Bay could be headed if they, right now they're three, right. And they, I believe in the yep. NFC, is that correct? They right. behind the Packers still. So if they're three, then right now they're slated to play San Francisco. I'm just going to be honest. San Francisco is not nearly as talented as the Bucs, but because they're so unique, I hate the matchup. I hate yep. it. I don't, it's not saying that San Francisco is going to win. I just hate the matchup. Cal Shannon is right. just a terrific play caller and designer, and you can't prep for them by watching a lot of other teams. You can prep for some of the things they do on offense, but they have some unique pieces, and they thrive in the short passing game. They thrive at creating yards yep. after catch. They thrive in the kind of opportunities that Todd Bull's defense gives you. They don't hold onto the ball that long, all right. those things. So, I do. I hate that matchup. I hope that San Francisco falls off, or they end up, or the right. Bucks end up, you know, as a two seed and playing the the Vikings or you know, somebody like that. Um, you know, in in that. So you look at some of those things, but overall, yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to beat a great team. Obviously, you know, Dallas is is really good as well, but Dak is struggling lately. Yeah. So I'd feel better about that matchup maybe than too. some other ones. Yeah. But the Packers, I think, are the best team in the NFC right now. I think they've played well enough to to deserve being dubbed that. Um, but the Cardinals are certainly good as well i want to see what the cardinals look like as they get kind of kyler back and this i was hoping tonight would be a measuring stick game now it feels like the rams are going to be pretty um at a disadvantage in this game and so i hope we'll so, see I, I just laid some money on on the cardinals yeah. big time on my book well the cardinals <laughs> also haven't done it scott we talk about like yeah. proving you can win in those big moments the cardinals haven't done that they haven't had that kind of success so i just don't know what to to make of them yet like i yeah. think it's different when you get in the playoffs i think the stage is different it can be overrated right. how different it is but it matters and those guys haven't really been there K- kingsbury and, and kyler haven't really been there and done that so mm-hmm. you know it's fair to question them when it comes to guys like rogers and brady um they, they're going up against and you could say the same thing for Dow. i mean obviously mccarthy's been there but you could say it for right. dallas and dak and in some ways too uh you know in terms of being on that stage yep. So there are some questions there with that there aren't with the other guys and you know with with guys like Brady and Rodgers, which is why I think we could be headed for a Bucks Packers repeat in the NFC Championship game. If I had to bet today, it. I would say that yeah, I'd say that's where we're headed probably. Yeah. And I, I think from a matchup standpoint, believe yeah, and I'm with you, John. It's crazy, right? To to say I'm with you. I don't disagree that, that I, I think you can make a strong case that the Packers um or the Buccaneers, either one of those are are the best team in the NFC right now. I like the Bucks matchup against the Packers better than I do the Cardinals, and we'll see how they look tonight, and even better than the Rams, uh, mm-hmm. just because I, I think that the Buccaneers' pass rush can affect Aaron Rodgers because I've seen it happen twice. I have not seen the Buccaneers affect either Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford in that soft zone coverage that Todd yeah. Bowles likes to play. Sean McVay eats that up. Right. Yeah, they he's move killed, the ball, he's killed they put the up points, they welcome that. So yeah. Um I that, that's those those NFC West teams, and even like you said, the 49ers, they scare me more than Dallas does. They scare mm-hmm. me more than the Packers do. So whoever comes out of the West, I think that's gonna be a, a trickier matchup for the Buccaneers in the postseason. Yeah. Obviously, if you can get to the two seed, the seven seed in the NFC right now. I don't even know who who is it right now. I can look, but I don't even know who it, it is. Right now. I mean, it changes every minute, week, but they lost. So they lost yeah, again. So 
It's, Gotta keep uh, it to stop it's Washington now. still. It's still Washington. Still, now, okay. would you hate that matchup again? Washington, Taylor Heineke's put it to these guys twice. Yeah. If for whatever reason, yes. <laughs> I would not. Like I can't that. I can't believe that it would happen again. Yeah. Plus, he's hurt right now. But I yeah, I, I think it's gonna Tom be Brady, Washington. If, if if the Bucks lost to the fighting Heineke's, I, I think I that he might retire after that. <laughs> <laughs> Just say screw it. He Listen, Tampa, like I helped you enough. For whatever reason, we're losing to the WFT. W that's right. WTF, well, man. You know it's Vikings, Eagles. Falcons, yeah, are six and me. seven, and the yeah. Saints are six and seven. If the Saints can beat the Bucks next week, they yeah. could be in, depending on what happens in these other games right now. That yeah. could be a matchup. This is, I mean, the, the whole playoff yeah. picture right now in the NFC is totally nuts. Let's yeah. just look at the Saints' schedule because I know some people they're not out of it. They can beat the Bucks. They have the right. Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Falcons left. Yeah. I mean, they could get in. Yeah, they could. It's it's they not could. a but Bucks got to take care of business. We'll talk about yeah. that more on Wednesday. Yeah, That's going to be a big show Wednesday. Yeah. This is low key a big game, Scott. I don't it care is. how many players the Saints have lost, and they're getting some people yeah. back too. Kamara's back. They, beat they the Bucks with Trevor Simeon, right? They're going to challenge the Bucks. I think the Bucks win their are. last three games with ease. I think this game is going to be a dog fight next week. It is. I really believe it's going to be a dog fight. I know it doesn't make sense on paper. But yeah. I think it's going to be a dog fight. Um, Long Lost Glazer, we appreciate this $10 Thank super you. chat so Thanks much. This is great. Chats. Great job yesterday. Just like the Bucks, the PR staff is rounding out into playoff form. Game day broadcast getting crisper. Appreciate the coverage and interactive form you're providing the fans. Yep, Paul had some connection difficulties at the beginning of the game. I don't know if we were that crisp, but as the game went on, we were we were more and more crisp for sure. So we appreciate that, Long Lost Glazer. This is uh, It's been a lot of fun for sure. So, yeah. Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, tomorrow will be off the podcast, but look for all 22 yes. stuff coming your way. Hopefully, if I can get myself together and keep myself awake together, uh, tonight, even. that's right. I Celsius Celsius. I'm, I, I'm, I'm almost done with this one. Um, I'll have some all 22 stuff coming. Paul will have some all 22 stuff coming. So keep your eyes on the YouTube channel. Subscribe, Peter Report TV, if you haven't already. Hit the like button on our videos as well. Helps bump up our YouTube SEO. If those numbers keep staying up and, and picking up, you know, on all those shows that we do, we'll keep prioritizing and producing yeah. all 22 videos for y'all, even if they're just quick hitters, you know, a yeah. couple minutes, you know, on the Bucks overtime drive, things like that in this game um, that are noteworthy, you know, we'll, we'll do that as much as we can for y'all. So uh, show those videos some love as well. Hopefully one up tonight. I'd love to um, some stuff like we, that. We've got we going on in the work. Chats. We love super yeah. chats that, that are paid in us American dollars. We love Swedish Kronar. We love right. rubles. All we love rubles. all of the currencies from around the world, but yeah. we love the dollar a little bit. Yeah, that's right. That's true. And so we appreciate those super chats a lot. And those help us with, you see, I got this uh, sound, you see this? I got this like sound, uh, repre- what's it called? Uh, uh, dampener, sound dampener board. Yes. Uh, Brick got it for me for Christmas. So that's awesome. uh, have that and that helped out the quality of the show last week or yesterday, I think a good bit as well. So uh, we'll be getting a new laptop because like mine's about to crap yeah. out. And yeah, Scott's going to finally be compatible so. with the good ca- quality camera that you have that sees yeah, everything. Man with an old laptop. That's right. So we use that stuff that y'all send us the super chat. So we appreciate those a yeah. lot. Wednesday, we'll be back on the show 4 p.m. Scott and I will have the preview for the Bucks upcoming game against the Saints. <laughs> appreciate that, Joel. I, I've actually forgot about I'm going to go back and watch this right now. I'm going to go back and watch that. Um, but no, I appreciate that. It was it was a pretty fun moment in the game for sure, uh, especially considering how things were trending. So definitely appreciate you all jumping in. This has been great stuff. Uh, and we'll see you all on Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.